Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 734, November 15th, 2021. 69 degrees was the high on this day, the record high. That was in 1953, and it was one degree in 1911, 1932, and 1940. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake... It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Kenny's back from slaying deer. I, I take it you were successful. Yeah. Everything worked out as planned. When does the season end? Yesterday. Oh, it did. It's only a week long. Uh, right. And then muzzleloader season starts uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and I'll be taking part in that too. That's two weeks, I believe. Question for you, Mister Olson. Uh, and I shared this with you before, but have you noticed much more deer activity? Because I can't remember a year in which I've almost hit more deer driving to well, and from. It's not fair to ask me because the zone I'm in, there's. So many deer that they actually offer an early season to thin the herd. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, what I did notice in my area this year, everybody, including all my neighbors, seeing a lot of bucks and not a lot of doe. You could have stood in my front yard and got a couple of bucks. <laughs> How do you think your neighbors would like it if some guy in orange blasted <laughs> off a thirty thirty at a deer 10 yards away? And then that slug lodged uh, in their bedroom wall. Well, not far from me, there were signs up. Uh, up by the Highland Pool saying, stay out of these woods for the next couple of days. There's a special bow hunt yeah. taking place. Yeah, Robin oh, wow. Hood. They yeah. take to the woods there, yeah. swing from trees and horseback. And Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you take part? Are you going to take out the bow, Joe? And... No. Uh, no, I've never had a bow and arrow. Okay. <clears throat> In a year of extreme heat, Antarctica's last six months were the coldest on record. For the polar darkness period from April through September, the average temperature was 60.9 degrees Celsius or 77 below 0.6 degrees Fahrenheit, a record for those months, the National Snow and Ice Data Center said. For the entire Antarctic continent, the winter of 2021 was the second coldest on record, with the temperature for June, July, and August 3.4 degrees Celsius, 6.1 degrees Fahrenheit, lower than from 1981 to 2010. The unusual cold was attributed to two extended periods of stronger-than-average encircling winds around the continent, which tend to isolate the ice sheet from warmer conditions. A strong upper-atmosphere polar vortex was observed as well, leading to a significant ozone hole. Thanks to the extreme cold near the South Pole, Antarctic sea ice extent has been above average for the last few months, peaking in late August when it reached the fifth highest in satellite record. And I think all of this is good news because even the elites have to admit that the uh, meetings in Glasgow were an utter failure. But do you think they will? Well, they're they're alluding to it, but they're using euphemistic language. You know, Kerry says things like, we're still leading the fight. Well, yeah, but you got nobody to agree with you about coal, Kerry. So, and I, I'm still puzzled by the gasoline situation. You know, Biden has done all he can to to thwart the deliveries of gasoline, and he's begging OPEC <laughs> to produce more oil. What the hell? We were energy self-sufficient 15 months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't broke. They tried to fix it, 
and now it's broke. Right. They fixed something that wasn't broken. Correct. What's the how's the phrase go? If it's not broke, break it and fix the hell out of it. I guess. <laughs> and that's what they've essentially done. And it's uh, it's a crying shame. People will be traveling now for Thanksgiving and stocking up on gasoline. Do you think a lot of the people uh, understand what's going on? No. I was I, w- I was having a conversation with someone over the weekend, and uh, I was just letting them speak, mm-hmm. to which I said, you realize that a lot of these problems you're speaking of are probably for the people you voted for, and they just didn't seem to understand that. Well, I can give you a little personal observation about that. Can you, Joe? Well, it's, <laughs> it, invariably, when uh, someone close to me comes home from the grocery store, <laughs> she'll say, these three bags, gets what they cost. And then yeah. she has to tell me that they each cost 50 bucks. And uh, today, one bag. I just got one bag in order to make meatloaf, $49. And I haven't said a word. I'm not going to say a word. Because the word I want to say is, why do you think this is happening? Right. And uh, Well, and I noticed something. I went to the store. I won't name the store because it's not the store's fault to get various things. And I was That's basi- usually why you go to the store. But I was basically able to grab half of what I needed mm-hmm. because the other things weren't available. I'm not upset, by the way. I suppose I should be because I'm going to sound cruel. I'm not upset that kids can't get toys for Christmas. you got enough junk to play with. Oh, come on. Come on, come on. Play with a cardboard box. Make a fort. (laughs) Here, go go chew on a leather sandal. Here, here, have my old belt. Play with that. Make a dog (laughs) leash out of it. Come on. Because I've seen their Christmas lists, and they're a bit optimistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus one said, and here are the stores I like. And uh, I'm saying to myself, okay, uh, you'll be lucky to get a pair of socks out of these stores. There's, there's really nothing going Ironically, on here. Ironically, that's the only thing I ask for when people ask me. Yeah. Uh, warm socks and long underwear. You oh. give me those, I'm the happiest guy in oh, the world. Oh, I love new socks. You like yes. a new pair of socks? Oh, I have. I, I'm changing my whole sock theory in life. I don't want to own any socks that are difficult to put on. Hey, there you go. Tell you what, when you've got a, uh, when you've got got a, a sock theory, you got a thirty-two pound keg hanging over your belt, and I need my <laughs> belly. All socks are hard to put on. No, I've I've laying in now. My inventory is pretty much complete with socks that are easy to put on. And it, you know, do you have a? Does Chill Boys make socks? They do not, but they how's should. The, how's the process go with the long underwear? Socks first, then long underwear. I'm not a long underwear guy. What? Well, I don't go out in the woods and shoot Bigfoot. I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, You're I live pr- in a sustainable urban core. Why do I need long underwear? From the guy that's currently wearing a jacket while he's doing it's the It's about to come off. <laughs> I We ate a meal at our house on Saturday night that was completely either grown or harvested on my property. I bet it was great. It was I fantastic. I bet it was great. Fantastic. So it was deer. Yeah. And then what else? Potatoes? And Mashed potatoes. Yeah. Corn, and you grew the potatoes. Gravy. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's fantastic. I yeah. have a question, uh, since you have a sock theory. Um, <laughs> when the mayor goes to the dresser. Right. To get I got the, a drawer. I got a sock drawer. Do you have, are they, are the good socks on one side? Do you have them kind of sectioned out? No, you're not listening. I've pretty much weeded out the ones that are difficult and they go to charity. That's what I meant. Pretty much, which means you still have, you know, dress yeah, socks. A pair, there's a pair or two so, in there that I haven't caught up to yet. Gotcha. You got the homeless stumbling around town with your nasty old socks. I that, always give that them your clean long ones. toenails no, poke no, holes no. through. <laughs> I give them the clean socks. <laughs> 
Joe, I have two sock. I have three sock drawers. Wow. Calf socks, warm socks, and those little uh, ankle little little guys. Oh, little you word! Ink. I can't say you I wear know. those little things. Are, yeah. are we this light on material on a Monday? No, I'm just waiting to get um, going here. There was a letter to the editor today that sounded like Chris and I wrote it. Chris. And I could have uh, penned this letter to the editor in the Star Tribune today. I love it. Okay, let me set this up. Uh, the rent control measure passed by St. Paul voters is the strictest in the nation. And it even uh, prohibited new development from the rental caps. And it's completely backfired because now development is quite literally stopped. Mm -hmm. In the uh, Highland Village development, for example, the Ryan Companies is paused. They've paused. Uh, wait, wait. The Ford plant mm -hmm. thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Kenny, I went by it the other day just because I knew oh. this, and it was deadly silent in there. Nothing happened. Oh, nothing that happened. Is huge. My word. You know, I figured out Melvin Carter's problem. He might be a nice guy, nice young guy. But he doesn't take the word of anybody but himself. Exactly, and he surrounds himself with yes he, people. He couldn't. He couldn't yeah. be hectored about this. He knew best, and now it's going to backfire terribly. And he won't take the advice of people who might know considerably more than he does about the way development works, especially the development of rental property. And today in the Star Tribune, you've got a wonderful letter uh, by. Uh, St. Paul landlords, Gene and Sue Rowland, and they write, Mayor Carter, as small landlords, we would like to know why you would support a damaging measure like St. Paul's 3% cap on rents and all of the restrictions that come with it. But when the multi-million dollar developers call and tell you they are going to place their housing prospects on hold, you decide you will exempt them from the measure. Mayor Carter, you are a hypocrite. We are two sisters who got into the rental business in St. Paul more than 30 years ago when we bought our triplex. We also operate two apartment buildings in St. Paul we have owned for nearly 20 years. We have made it our mission to keep our rents affordable. Two-thirds of our tenants have lived in our buildings for five years or more. We have tenants who have been in our buildings for more than 15 years and two who have been tenants for 20-plus years. Most of the residents of these buildings are low-moderate income. The majority are people of color. Our rents for a one-bedroom average $700 a month. We drive old cars. We both have jobs. We are not rich landlords. Our rent increases average $25 a month. This has been enough to cover increases in property taxes, fuel costs, etc. Due to the 3% rent control measure, we won't be able to charge the $25 rent increase because we offer affordable rents. We are galled when we see a mayor who decries the lack of affordable housing, yet consistently approves high-end housing where rent for each 400-square-foot studio apartment building far surpasses the highest rent we charge for a one-bedroom. A mayor who is now willing to give a free pass on rent control to multimillion-dollar developers and leave small landlords to face bankruptcy or sell their buildings because they can't raise rents to meet rising inflation and the high property taxes and fuel costs. You are not a mayor who cares about fair and equitable housing or homelessness. If you were, and I would add parenthetically, you would have listened to somebody. Right. If you were, you would have, uh, have talked to the people on the front lines, the small landlords who are the backbone of affordable housing. If you had done that, you never would have supported this damaging rent control measure, nor would you be willing to cut a deal with the big developers now. Well, 
play this out to its logical conclusion. Let's say you can uh, create this uh, uh, gym, gymnastically contorted legal interpretation of the ballot measure that the voters voted on. For one year, you can't change a ballot initiative that voters approved. Mm. Okay, so now he's faced with this idea that, oh, my God, the Ryan companies are going to stop building. And so now he's saying, well, I think we should just exempt the new developers. Okay. Mm. Well, what does that do to Gene and Sue Rowland? Puts they them would out of have, business. They would have, no, but they would have every uh, business then to say, we need relief too. Right. You can't just do it for the new projects. Right. right. These two women have been doing the Lord's work for 30 years, yeah. maintaining their buildings and, and housing people of <laughs> modest means and not increasing their, and they can't even increase now more than $25 a month under this proposal. Well, what's going to suffer? Uh, maintenance. Uh, Everything. Carpet, paint. Availability. Paint. Plumbing. Plumbing. And then, and then roofing, after, after that, what's going to go down? The demand for those places. Leaky faucets. Uh, AC. I'm just thinking about all the things I've replaced. Dishwashers, refrigerators, stoves. Water all, heaters. Water heaters, furnaces. <laughs> These are all things I had to replace, yes. So what? The, it's called the Highland Bridge development on the site of the Ford plant. What's not affected by this preposterously stupid ordinance uh, would be the development of private homes. So, so maybe you'll still end up with 15 to tr- 20 private mansions in there. But what does that do for the people who need housing? Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. He, Melvin, you've got to listen to people who know more than you do. And he's not listening to those people. And it's going to result in a crunch a housing crunch that's already bad, and now you're going you're gonna to have it backfire on you. But won't this also then just result in the people that either can't find a place to live or are frustrated with the availability of places to live? Isn't that just going to make them leave the city altogether? Yeah, and where do you think the developers are going to go? To the first They're heading suburbs. your way. Yeah, exactly. They're heading your way where the... Uh, They're going to get a little farther away from the country's tallest buildings where they have some freedom to practice sound economic principles. Because the tax rate is a lot more palatable in likes of Carver County and Scott County than it is in Hennepin County. That's the entire reason I moved out there. How could he not see this coming, Joe? Because he he was appeasing a constituency that voted for it 53% to 47%. He's, a, he's, he's appeasing a constituency that said, oh, thank you, Mayor Carter. I won't have to pay any more rent now. Well, yes, you will. Yes, you will. You, you, he has fouled it up for the people who need help the most. He didn't foul it up for people who want to build $2.5 million houses on River Boulevard. You know who no. he's appeasing on a smaller scale? Huh. Peggy Joseph took her daughter out of school early Wednesday for this. Her emotions ran high following Obama's speech. It was the most memorable time of my life. I, I, it was a touching moment because I never thought this day would ever happen. I won't have to worry about putting gas in my car. I won't have to worry about paying my mortgage. You know, if I, if I help him, he's going to help me. Well, first of all, the turnout was appallingly low. True. True. And two, 47% of the electorate knew this going into the poll. This was a bad idea. And 53% did not. And had this, uh, had more people voted, uh, I have every reason to believe. Let's say there was a turnout of 80,000 people, which there should have been. 
I have every reason to believe this would not have passed. This would not have passed. And with such a significant vote, like the mayor of St. Paul, I'm still floored that you, what was it, 37? What? What was the total vote? 53% voted for rent control, 47% voted no. I guess the total control. number of people that voted in St. Paul. About 30,000. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Wow, that's it? Yeah, it's just appalling. It's just. Um, <coughs> so is this to thwart what we, uh, what people call uh, slumlords? Uh, I don't know how it does. This will create slumlords. This will create... Let's nail down what the definition of a slumlord is. In my mind, it's somebody who charges semi-low rent in a cruddy building, and they never do any repairs. Would that be your your definition? Yes, and I think you'll see that. Yeah, they're going to force people into being slumlords. Including yes. these two sisters, Jeannie and uh, Sue. Well, I don't. Th- well, let's not condemn them. They sound no, like, no. I don't mean no, yeah. no. By no fault of their own. Right. They they sound like terribly responsible people, and they're doing the best they can. And here comes a mayor who's in right. way over his head. And when they bump the rent up, it's not to put money in their pocket. It's to, it's to keep maintaining cover the their properties and cover the taxes. And the fact that they have they have a tenant for 20-plus years? That oh says a God. lot about them. <laughs> That's the kind of tenant you try to find a way to lower their rents. Right, right. <laughs> well, you always talk, too, Joe, about how home ownership is one of the easiest ways for people to accrue wealth in this country. Yep. Yep. And I was just telling you guys off the air that uh, I found out this morning... That selling a rental property now, you have to pay 15% on that sale to the federal government and 8% to the state government. Mm-hmm. 15%? Wow. I'm not playing the world's smallest violin. My point being, I they're, pay quarterly taxes. they're trying to kill this industry. Well, yesterday, that letter was from today's Star Tribune. Yesterday, Lee Schaefer, who writes a business column for the Star Tribune, address this and the headline is St. Paul vote locks breaks on building. Got it right here. Yeah, just a few days after St. Paul voters approved the rent control measure now recognized as the nation's strictest, Mayor, Mayor Melvin Carter said, "We just can't afford to do anything that is going to slow the growth of new business construction in our community." <laughs> well, you just did. <laughs> He thought the city council should now exempt new construction from the measure that caps rent increases at 3%. Three weeks before Election Day, Carter came out in favor of the rent control measure, suggesting it could be tweaked once enacted. (laughs) He should have said then, when it mattered, that he had real concerns about stalling new construction. His own re-election did not seem to be in jeopardy. I think that's Schaefer saying uh, Melvin could have spent a lot more time worrying about rent control than his own re-election. Right. Now developers and their lenders are locking up the brakes in St. Paul, and that includes Minneapolis-based Ryan Companies working on the biggest project in the Twin Cities, what's routinely described as the billion-dollar redevelopment of the old Ford Motor site, rechristened now as Highland Bridge. And he goes on and on and on to brilliantly lay this out, to perfectly and clearly lay this out. So what we have in this country, the closer you get to the tallest buildings, are residents of the Salon who have no business experience. None. Who have no idea what, what is happening with the, with the lot of us. They have no idea. 
And, and so they think that their whimsy and their arbitrary, arbitrary notions can be brought to fruition because they want them to be. And that's not the way it works. Why should a developer be presumed to be a philanthropist? They're not going to build these things for free. Right. Well, they What's should, in it for them? They should do it, though, Joe, because uh, they, they should watch out for their fellow man. Real estate projects really don't age well, Sheffer wrote, when put on hold. Land might still be there, but the cracks in the asphalt are growing wider and the weeds a little taller, and the investors move on. Sure, they're going to move on to greener pastures where they can make a dollar and feed their family. Right. Look at what Ryan has already done and the money that they have spent oh, already. on infrastructure alone. Streets, $12.8 million. Stormwater system, sixteen point five. I think that's wow. all TIF finance, too, to tax increment financing. But if the taxes aren't there to pay for it, then what the hell do you do? Mm-hmm. Ryan was planning 3,000 units to be uh, market rate. That means crazy expensive. Uh, developers were going to build about 760 affordable apartments and some that were some, but we don't know how many that were going to be within reach of very low income households. Huh. Joe, I don't want to speak for Kenny, but I think Kenny and I are going to put our hat in the ring to be uh, two of Melvin Carter's new cabinet members. Mm-hmm. We're going to oversee. Uh, Kenny, what should we call it? We should call it the... I think uh, we should call it the ha- Hanlon's raise, Razor Department. <laughs> Just make sure this idiot isn't doing stupid crap like this. Uh, I like this guy, Schaefer. He's he's done his homework here. When, when Ryan, a nice piece. When Ryan became the developer... They inherited 120 acres of dirt. Yeah. Contaminated, wasn't it? Or was it no, cleaned up? No, that was all done. That was okay, all done. Was but they, 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 they walked it. in, and there was a blank canvas, 120 acres of dirt. They've already had to build most of the streets, $12.8 million in the budget, and stormwater system, $16.5 million, and everything else first. Only then could buildings get built and rented. The rent control ordinance knocks the legs out from under the market rate housing that was going to pay for Highland Bridge. And I don't know how this can be fixed. The city charter does not allow you to change an an initiative approved by voters. You know where it's coming from then. Hmm. Yeah. It's coming from you, Suchi boy. Yep. Well, they think nothing of raising property taxes. Well, it's been a while since we've done it, hasn't why, it? Why, you know, you're going to limit rent increase to three percent. What, what about, what about the people already paying all the taxes? You're never going to hear them say, "Let's limit that. Let's limit that tax increase no. to three percent." No, they no. never. That'll never happen. Well, in any event, it's a uh, it's a difficult situation. And again, I think the uh, uh, I think the genesis of this right now is how, when the hell, do they fix it? And if you fix it, Melvin, by believing you can exempt, uh, by believing you can exempt new developers, what do you do for? Uh, what are you then prepared to do for Gene and Sue Rowland, or the other hundreds of thousands of people, or, or hundreds or thousands of people that are land landlords in the city of St. Paul? Gene and Sue Rowland get to, they'll they'll need relief also from this wrong-headed ordinance. You can't just go to the to the big developers, all of whom have private jets and yachts, of course, mm-hmm. which is utter nonsense. But yeah. that's what that's what the yeah. voters thought. That's what they think. Yeah, and you you have to provide Gene and Sue Rowland relief. Anyone, you're going to have to you're going to have to scrap this thing. It's this 
Now, there's an interesting constitutional question or city carter question. I wonder if the whole thing could be rescinded. And apparently not. I don't think you, I thought you said last week that it can't. Now, the city charter says a ballot initiative approved by the voters can't be looked at for, or changed for one year. Wow. So for one year, is Highland Bridge going to be vacant until this That's, can go back to the voters and you, get fixed? You can't do that. You can't leave it vacant. No, you can't. You can't do that. Like Schaefer, you know, alluded to there. It's amazing. It's uh, truly amazing. This is what happens when you elect people to the salon who have no bleeping idea what they're doing. <laughs> you mistakenly, the first time you said it, instead of saying city charter, you said city carter. That uh, just makes, makes, yeah. makes so much sense. It was close city enough. Carter. It was close enough. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. The snow is now falling. The temperatures are dropping. That does not frighten me. I'm driving an all-wheel drive Fiat from Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen Fiat and Alfa Romeo in Maplewood. Right on the corner of Highway 36 and 61, one of the last Twin Cities truly owned dealerships. It's multi-generational. It's been there 50 years or more. Great products. I love uh, Volkswagens, Fiats, and Alfa Romeos. I've owned all of them, and I will continue to. And uh, the inventory's coming, and they'll help you. Zero percent for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagen vehicles. Uh, Josh had something about Volkswagens the other day. He did in his report, his yeah, money report. They're doing well. And uh, up to 72 months on Fiat models and 0% for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeo models. It's just good people, uh, great service, great location. And uh, check it out for yourself at SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here with a couple of questions for you. Are you noticing a decrease in the following? Maybe strength, endurance, enjoyment of life, libido, or maybe it's just a lack of energy. Are you tired of feeling exhausted even after you eat dinner? I've got an answer for you. You need to call my friends at Everest Men's Health. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every single area important to a man's overall health. And that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It does not matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. The time is right now to come into Everest Men's Health and take the first steps toward realizing your best health possible. The great thing about Everest is their medical specialists look at the entire picture and they figure out what is causing these changes to you. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, important vitamin levels, blood levels, and overall body composition. And once they identify the deficiencies such as low T or vitamin deficiencies, they create a personalized lifestyle program that can include testosterone testosterone replacement, medication management, vitamin and natural supplementation, and exercise prescription and nutritional guidance. Trust me, Everest is fantastic, and they provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. They specialize in men's health, and they can be your doctor for all your health needs, and they will refer you to a specialist if needed. It's a wonderful environment and fantastic people. Go online right now to EverestMensHealth.com, and you can call today to schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in Egan, and please let them know that you heard about him on the Garage Logic podcast. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. I love getting seafoam email. Here's one from John. I've had an issue with my lawnmower where it would not start the last couple of springs. I've always been told to run it dry every fall when putting it away. This spring, 
I followed your advice, added some wonderful sea foam to the gas. After cleaning out the carb, it started right up, ran great all summer. Just a little glug into each gas can when I fill it up. My question is, and now here's where your advice also plays in, Joe. Uh, do you recommend keeping gas in the tank knowing the sea foam is in it, or do you still run the tank dry when putting the mower away each year? Joe, what say you? Uh, I leave uh, I leave the gas in it with sea foam treating it. That's what I have recently started doing to everything except my snowmobiles. Uh, they're triple cylinder, triple carb. I, I put in a, a sip of sea foam when the gas is really, really low, and then I run them dry because I hate taking those carbs off. But everything else, outboards, mowers, etc., I just throw in a gulp. What, what do I you can got? help you. I got an email from John Lee. He wants your answer. I recently acquired a 1977 Yamaha XS360 that belonged to my brother in high school. Cool. And since then has been sitting in a mutual friend's shed. The last time it was ridden was about 1990. I'm going to restore it this winter. I was wondering, do you think I should use any sea foam products in it? Well, of course you should. You Push should. Push back in St. Michael, John Lee. But, John, um, if you're going to do a resto, you know, pop those carbs. Is it is that a twin? I don't know. I'm unfamiliar with that bike. Uh, pop the carb, pop the float bowl. Just, you know, give it a couple of blasts. And guess what? Seafoam makes carb cleaner. Uh, give it a couple of blasts of that, clean everything out. And then, yeah. Um, every fill up, every three fill ups, just a couple gulps. It's wonderful. In a world of bad gas, I have to say, seafoam is a wonderful product. Chris, am I to uh, uh, gladly announce that there's a limited edition holiday store ready to roll? Yes, please do on garagelogic.com. Well, It'll run until what? November 22nd? November 22nd at 11.59 p.m. is when this store closes. Because that will guarantee that you will get the products for Christmas? Correct. All right. Now, keep in mind, uh, we're doing this so that we make sure that everything is shipped out by December 9th. And note that with everything else, there's it, it's about two to three weeks for delivery. But it's a, it's a cool online store. We've done a couple of these before. There's a really cool GL stocking cap. We also have a Garage Logic hooded sweatshirt and two different quarter zip fleece pullovers, which I am going to be ordering one today as we speak because it's actually it's 100% my kind of jam. Uh, also, a Garage Logic hardware, uh, NAC hardware and lounge t shirt is all available to you. This is just for this week. We're closing the store at 11.59 on December 22nd. It's just this week, so go to garagelogic.com and place your order today. In addition to my sock management, (laughs) I have uh, a growing T-shirt management where I'm now accepting only really good T-shirts. You know who's got a great T-shirt? The uh, uh, Spoon Lake Boathouse for Garage Logic. Yes. That is a great T-shirt. You know who else has one? Schoonovers. Look at I, I was going to say that. One I got, of the most comfortable T-shirts you, I've ever had. I got mine on right now. You are wearing two free upper garments. You're wearing a free... Oh, yeah, and I got my free, Bolander sweatshirt on. You've got your big Bolander hoodie, <laughs> well, and got you've on. got your Scoonie... I got my Scoonie on. Joe, we're twins! <laughs> yeah. I got my Scoonie on. I said this. I had this discussion with both Mike and our, our buddy Ryan from Elevated. Always, if you're a company... Buy if it's even if it's more expensive. Buy the more comfortable material. That's why I like Scooney, and that's why I like the uh, Boathouse Garage Logic one. Yeah, because people are more likely to wear it if it's comfortable. Let me tell you something else. Check it on out. You know who was a T-shirt aficionado? The late great Charlie Watts. Really? And I don't. He had the money. I'm sure he paid whatever he wanted to pay for T-shirts, but he had the good T-shirts. They're just plain, nothing on them, but they were 
They were the right T-shirt. It was a nice shirt. It's a nice T-shirt. Okay. Joe, as I was blowing the last of the leaves off my yard prior to the arrival of the first snow this season, my mind wandered to your discussion last week about the imminent demise of the gas-powered leaf blower. Some academic came to the conclusion, after much research, that an hour operating a leaf blower was as bad for our mother, the Earth, as a 1,000-mile trip in a Ford, N1, Ford F-150. I agree with you that this sounded like total B as in B, S as in S. But there I was, leaf blower strapped to my back when it occurred to me. Maybe this academician had stumbled upon something and I didn't even realize it. A million dollar F idea. A Ford F-150 slash leaf blower adapter kit. A person could blow leaves all week and our mother earth could even crack a smile. Pushing back, coming up with million dollar ideas all the while blowing the leaves John in Oak Grove, Minnesota. Well, she'd probably still complain because the damn leaf blower was, uh, was running. Now I'm going to f- conclude about the singing beach up at Iona. <laughs> The yeah. Iona Beach. Yep. Uh, Kendall writes, Joe, regarding the Singing Beach, my longtime partner Paul Fisher's family owned a resort for over 70 years on this location before they sold it to the state as parkland. The resort consisted of a lodge and restaurant and numerous cabins. Paul's grandmother was Iona, Iona Lind. She and her husband built up the resort from nothing. Iona's Beach does sing. Here is footage from Fox 21 letting you hear the actual song. We've played that before. We didn't really, we didn't really hear it. Right. Uh, but I have another fellow who has heard it, and that's our uh, panhandle, uh, panhandle truck driver in Florida, uh, Aaron. Uh, I've personally been there a few years ago. It's not the most advertised attraction in that area, but a very cool find once you do find it. The sound we best could describe is when it when we were there was like listening to bamboo or wood chimes with the sound of splashing waves. Oh. And Aaron also writes, the push for electric cars. Here in Florida, we get hurricanes. Of course, it's global warming when we get them, and it's global warming when we don't. But anyways, (laughs) if a hurricane is threatening enough, it causes mass evacuation away from the coast. Traffic headed away from any hurricane causes lines at the gas pumps and even stations to run out of gas. Now, what would be the effect if we all had electric cars? If you have gas lines and it only takes a few minutes to fill a gas car, how bad would it be if everybody needed hours to charge an electric car? Oh, good point. The roads would be plugged with dead electric cars and people walking on foot. In a gas car, you can carry extra gas can if you need it. You can't carry extra electricity around in a can for an electric car. And once the storm has passed, usually there is no electricity to businesses or homes, usually at least several days, if not several weeks. Think now, if you will, too, if all the utility trucks, rescue vehicles, police cars, fire trucks, ambulances, and so on were also electric. Because if the push for all electric vehicles happens, it just won't be personal cars. It'll include freight trucks hauling relief supplies, telephone poles, wires, groceries, and medical supplies, everything. Point two, Al Gore. Are these emissions thugs going to harass Al Gore himself or his homes, planes, limousines, and such? If you are going to lead a charge against a Delta Airlines, let's say, you better not fire up your Lear jet. What about the factories and mines in other countries that make the batteries for electric vehicles, smartphones, and so on? on. And number three was his point about Iona Beach. Uh, Point number four. What's going to happen when Al comes up on the radar? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's an interesting point. <laughs> point number four. What if his Patrick joke thing was Patrick telling and explaining jokes to Jesse Ventura? Oh, no. 
Oh, no. Oh. That might work. Huh? Oh, that's brilliant. Did they ever do a show together, Jesse and Patrick? Oh, I'm no. sure they... No. Oh, no. He didn't have sports updates uh, when Jesse did the morning I show? I don't believe so. I could Rousey. be wrong. We'll ask him. When we'll ask him during in. Monday Night Sports yeah, Talk. I, I'm, I'm reasonably unclear as to whether that, that happened. That's still my favorite, though, when... Was it Bob Davis? Mm-hmm. When Royce would join Bob, and they would be talking about the Ryder Cup for 10 minutes, and he has to, had to ask Royce what sport he was talking about. Was it tennis or golf? it was tennis. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I might have been in that same boat with Bob. <laughs> Remember how but, I've been saying but, that uh, I was smart enough to keep my mouth shut, <laughs> just go with whatever Royce's saying. <laughs> Remember how I've been saying that uh, the far left would disabuse us of the notion of there even is crime. Right. That's. You ready? <laughs> Here we go. Hold on. Let me get comfortable. Yep. Okay. The St. Paul man was following all, all the way through to the end of this. This is St. Paul Pioneer Press. A St. Paul man was charged Friday following a high-speed crash in Arden Hills that killed a 40-year-old pediatric physician earlier this week. Yep, I know this story well. Norman Darnell Tony, 34, was charged via warrant in Ramsey County District Court with one count each of criminal vehicular homicide and second-degree manslaughter. According to the criminal complaint, around 8.36 p.m. last Tuesday, a Roseville police officer was on patrol when he noticed a dark-colored car weaving in and out of traffic in an aggressive manner at a high rate of speed on Snelling Avenue near County Road C. The officer, driving an unmarked car, activated squad lights, but the car accelerated away. The officer turned off the lights and continued to follow, losing sight of the car near County Road F, where Snelling Avenue turns into Hamlin Avenue. Shortly after, Ramsey County Sheriff's deputies responded to the intersection of County Road 96 in Hamlin in Arden Hills for a catastrophic crash. The site was about a mile from the Roseville officer lost sight of the car. Mm -hmm. Upon arrival, deputies found what appeared to be a single car crash. The front end of a Toyota Camry and its driver door had been sheared off. The Camry's engine block was hanging out the passenger side of the car, the complaint states. Deputies found the the Camry's driver, a 40-year-old man who had been ejected from the vehicle. Police believed the man had been wearing a seatbelt at the time of the crash, but the Camry was struck with such force, the buckle broke. Tony was at the scene, running shoeless back and forth from a pond to the Camry, according to the complaint. He had facial injuries and blood over his face and hands. He refused to comply with police commands, so he was arrested, according to charges. Police found the car Tony had been driving, a brown Cadillac SRX, upside down in the pond. When it was pulled from the water, investigators noted that the speedometer was stuck at 103 miles an hour. 103, Whoa. Kenny. But Tony and the 40-year-old man were tra- both Tony and the 40-year-old man were transported to Regions Hospital. Tony was treated for minor injuries. The man, a pediatric doctor, was pronounced dead at 1:23 a.m. Wednesday. The criminal complaint does not name the man, and the family has requested his name not be released. Police did confirm that he was from Arden Hills and was a pediatric physician on his way to work when he was killed. Tony was uncooperative with police and in jailhouse conversations with his mother, claimed that the man had jumped out in front of him and that he was being set up because I'm a black man. 
Tony has prior felony convictions for burglary and assault. His criminal record also includes convictions for DWI, drugs, domestic abuse, speeding, driving with a revoked license, lying to police, and violating an order for protection. He was released from prison last summer, the complaint states. His next court appearance is today. Another one we have to follow, like the Green Line I was Assaulter. Just going to say the same thing. I'll keep this handy. When he, I, go ahead, he is Ken. the epitome of evil. Mm-hmm. He's got no conscience, no moral fiber whatsoever. The guy jumped out in front of me, and you're setting me up because I'm a black guy. What a moron. Well, he's, he's beyond a moron. That's There's no kind. words for it. No, that's he's straight up evil. That's that's the devil. That's evil. And it's this constant notion of I'm the victim in all of this. No, buddy, you're the bad guy here. And the fact that he was just released from prison this past summer, mm-hmm. and now this doctor is dead, probably it, a father. Mm-hmm. His, his record proves the point that he perpetrates evil everywhere he goes and everything he does. And he has no remorse whatsoever. So did the Green Line Assaulter. Yep. Long, long record. This guy had prior felony convictions for burglary and assault. His criminal record includes convictions for DWI, drugs, domestic abuse, speeding, driving with a revoked license, lying to police, violating an order for protection. And in jail, Kaus' conversations with his mother, he claims, ah, that guy jumped out in front of me and I'm being set up because I'm a black man, the complaint states. We need a new system. People like that, if not in jail, should be, and I know this is ludicrous and it'll go nowhere and it'd cost a fortune. They, they should be monitored every inch, everywhere they go for the rest of their lives. You've lost the ability to have freedom. Yep, I agree yeah. with you, Kenny. Uh, you, you might be out of prison, but we are going to track every single move you make for the rest of your life. You know, and I know that's absurd and it would never happen, And but what but, else do you do? But And this is just a guy that never should have been out of prison. But maybe some of those offenses, maybe those offenses weren't enough to earn him. I mean, Chris, you can kill somebody these days and be out on good behavior in seven years. It's just, it's maddening. Yeah, that goes in the file with the Green Line Assaulter because we must follow up on Wait, those cases. you said he had a trial date today? Yeah. Okay. Well, he had a court appearance. A court appearance, okay. How yeah. soon is he going to be out walking around, Such? The end of the day? God help me if it is. I, he doesn't sound like he could post bail. Well, and think of where this accident took place, you guys. That could have been any of us. I'm very familiar with that area. Yeah. It's just uh, the family of the doctor have to be just devastated. I can't even imagine. It's not speed limit. It's like 35 there, if I remember right. He's doing it. I'm frozen at 103. But this guy jumped out in front of him. B as in B, S as in S. You are a liar. He hit him so hard, he broke his seatbelt. Yep. How many feet? You travel. We got to find out how many at 103 miles an hour. I have uh, no idea. Qu- quick aside, I have been monitoring because they are in uh, making final remarks in the Rittenhouse trial. Right. You had asked me, or we were talking about that before. I don't think the verdict could be today. It might be. That's why. That's the only reason why I'm monitoring this. Oh God, there's math involved. I can't. No, the, don't even try, Kenny. Yeah, no, I'm we're not allowed. In, I'm backing out of we that. We shouldn't page. even be. Uh, Sorry, GLers, look it up on your own. We yeah. shouldn't even be doing that because yeah, no. there's no. a guy I follow that is at, that is present, Joe, and the closing arguments have begun mm-hmm. in the Rittenhouse trial. Yeah, mm-hmm. have you commented on this at all in the last week? You know, I haven't, and uh, 
Uh, I'm willing. I'll, I'll throw my, my Well, you throw in what you think, and then I'll give you my peripheral observation. What the hell are you doing seeking out uh, a protest, a melee, whatever was going on, and bringing a firearm to it? What the hell are you doing? That's what I want to know. Well, what I think, too, is happening. How do I say this? What I think, too, is happening is that the trial has become emblematic of the political divide in the country. Oh, yeah, absolutely it absolutely. is. And I know I'm going to get flack for this, but uh, we had bleep going down in South Minneapolis when I was there, and I was in my backyard with my firearm. I wasn't seeking this out. Right. It's all about protecting yourself and your family and your home, if need be. It's not going out and looking for it. But I think he's being portrayed as a patriot who went to help. Yeah. You know what? I'm I got, not buying I got a problem it. I don't know. That, For all I know, he's well, going to walk. I have no idea. You know I've what? not followed it that intensely. be interesting to hear the Reverend Tim's uh, speculary, his thoughts on this, because I believe if he wasn't part of, he knew a group of guys that were doing this over north, uh, and they were protecting businesses. And I know of a certain um, motorcycle organization that was doing the same thing for a few businesses. Mm -hmm. So was this part of what he was doing? You know who else is really not helping themselves lately, you guys? Have huh. you, I don't know if you've paid attention, but Ben & Jerry's, the ice cream company. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with? They, they've been tweeting a lot lately about social issues. Yeah. And uh, they're very woke. They're yeah. very, and they're getting they're a ton of backlash for this, by the way. Full throttle woke. But this morning, uh, or excuse me, I saw this this morning, but a couple of days ago, they tweeted out the following. The Rittenhouse trial displays yet again that our justice system is racist. How would this trial be going if he was a black 17-year-old that crossed state lines illegally carrying an AR-15 and shot three white protesters? We need real justice in the legal system. This isn't it. Well, well how do we know that? I mean, there's, there's a trial taking place Thank you. and Thank you. evidence has been presented and uh I, I i told you i've not followed it intensely my own overriding question was always well, why in the hell did you go up there yep yeah you, you didn't need well, didn't his there. mom drive him to yeah 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 if i get that phone call and invitation i'm gonna um rudely decline it say i'll, I'll be right here on on my deck in south minneapolis <laughs> with my assortment to uh, keeping my family safe that's that's my job so he lives in Illinois. He was driven up to Kenosha, Wisconsin, by a, a mother who doesn't strike me as very together. Uh, why didn't you say to your son, what the hell do you want to go up there for? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I, I've been urged by emailers that I should be following this. And that, uh, but I, 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 and think I, it's, yeah, yeah. I think it's just uh, fallen on political divide lines. And, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for it, but I'm just telling you what Kenny would have done. Well, I think what you would have done is entirely reasonable, and uh, I, I don't know. Was that is it a, there's a trial? They presented evidence. Let's mm -hmm. see what happens. Yep. Just in all my training, I've been told to uh, do whatever it takes to avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. Do whatever it takes to avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. Don't go seeking it out. Winter storage space for scooters is available at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. That's where my scooter is. Storage space for scooters starting at 240 bucks and electric bikes starting at 200 but that includes full winterization, battery tendering, and spring tune-up. 
pick up and drop off in the Twin Cities is also available for a fee. Not a very heavy fee. I just had it done. They're offering 100 bucks off now on all those scooters that turn urban errands into adventures. Youth ATVs and electric bikes for GLers during the month of November. Full line of Yamaha products, youth recreational equipment. This is the coolest time of the year to get the coolest Christmas gifts for the people in your family. They also have a, a new wall of Yamaha clothing and hats that make awesome gifts. I use the word awesome. Yes, you do. That's did. what Tim believes they are. They're awesome. Tim Bloom and his daughter Kaylin are experts on the Bentelli e-bikes. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to take advantage of that winter storage because it takes all the hassle out of my life, frees up garage space, and in the spring, she's ready to go. Full tune-up, oil change, the whole shooting match. And as I said, pick up and drop off in the Twin Cities. That's EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. So we didn't get any new music uh, in the week I was away, huh? <laughs> American security safes, liberty safes, and rich. What else do you need? The name? Oh, Maple Grove Lock and Safe, added.com. You've got the website. Maple Grove Lock and Safe, they're located 6901 East Fish Lake Road. Uh, do you want me to run down all the door lock brands he sells? Well, pretty much all of them. He services them, too. So even if you don't need a safe, but you do need to lock up that humble abode, replace one, whatever. Rich has all of them. Very good ones, too. Uh, even your car. Yeah. Car lock services. Rich is the man. His business caters to locks of all types. So if you need a new one or one fixed or a key made, get on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Get a hold of Rich. And if you need a safe... It's Amsac and Liberty. He's got them both, and they're the best. MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com. The Walgreens in San Francisco's No Valley neighborhood was temporarily closed this weekend because of a severe rat infestation. Oh, I heard about this. And the store will not reopen until it passes an inspection, a report from the San Francisco Department of Public Health revealed. Is this the, uh, Joe, is this the same Walgreens in San Francisco that we had the video? That's a good question. Inspectors visited the store at 133 Castro near 24th Street on November 8 and ordered immediate closure of the store due to imminent health hazards that could not be immediately corrected. A report from the inspector noted the food was contaminated and or adulterated by vermin on the sales floor oh. and in an upstairs storage area. Just the word vermin. Oh, Observed containers like of noodles, flour, and other products gnawed and with oh, vermin oh. droppings stop. on and around them, the report said. Oh, stop saying droppings, nod, and uh, vernum. Well, I got another <laughs> droppings here. Droppings were found on the sales floor, on shelves, on and around food products, and on top of the storage area, the report said. One dead rat was spotted on a glue trap. And Jordy notes, I hate severe rats. I much prefer the moderate rats I have around my area. Boom. <laughs> I like a moderate rat. I don't like a severe rat. Because it was San Francisco, was it not, where there was the video of the kid with the bicycle yeah, just yeah. ripping stuff off left yeah. and right and yeah. throwing it into the old yeah. uh, pouch on the bike? Yeah. Or what do you call it? The basket. And Jordy yeah. also notes that uh, oh. United Airlines is set to resume hard liquor sales Monday, meaning today, I think. Uh oh. Are you getting that? It's on country. Look out. <laughs> Flying has become uh, 
problematic, of course. Those are just the stories that make the news, I would imagine, flying is still... Well, we knocked out an airline I know. attendant, didn't we, over the weekend? Yeah. Do you know anybody that's getting reports of airline troubles? All I know is the sign that says at the airport, the FAA has uh, dished out over $1 million in fines to unruly passengers. Wow. Don't be one of those people. Matthew, how far away are we from having to hire and install air marshals on every single flight in the uh, country? I will tell you this. I know of an airline where air marshals and armed captains are... Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it's not it's not every flight, and I can't say anything, but I just there it has increased. I, I I'm a little worried about discharging a firearm inside a cockpit up at, up at those. Well, I, and I think those guys are so well trained to deactivate that that's not their first de- deescalate. Deescalate? Did I say deactivate? <laughs> yes. I don't want them to deactivate anything on the plane. What is leading to all this unruly behavior, Rook? I know exactly what it is. What? It's masks, For all isn't it? Airlines. It's not masks. No. It is cheap airfare. Oh. The affordable. Oh. And you were on this a long oh. ago. Joe has always said it's an event. Yes. And yes, it's an event. Airlines have attracted, this includes all airlines, a non sophisticated traveler that yes. is. Yes. Maybe not 100% briefed in how you should behave. Uh, while you are on an aluminum tube or in public or with other people. Dirt balls. Dirt balls. Well, not dirt balls. Cause, yeah. And I'm it's talking about every word. airline, not the airline that I work for. It's it's everywhere because you see it at all terminals, at all airlines. People are just not – it's as if they never were told the rules of how at, you act at the airport. At some point, people stopped, like Such and, and Royce have said, stopped getting dressed up to get on a, on a plane – and started wearing Van Halen T-shirts to church. It's I like wonder if guy, those two those two events probably yes. coincide. It's like a guy just put down his pitchfork in a feedlot at a pig farm and said, "Ah, hell with it! I'm going to Vegas." And well, walked that, right to the airport. It, yes. It's not even that. It's it's not a rural thing. It's it's a well, class dirty scumbag. Well, we we have the answer. Hat. Thing. We have the answer. It's the decline of moral and ethical yes, integrity. That's what it I is. I will tell you that's it because there's, uh, you know, uh, when I would fly Delta all the time for another company that I worked for, it was the same thing. It's it's not specific to Spirit Airlines and Frontier. It's all airlines. I are, don't uh, I don't fly a lot anymore. Um, but even when I did, was flying a lot. Never fly coach. Only fly coach if you if you have to. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, Chris, I am serious. Well, first you're you're sitting up right in business class, uh, first class. You've got a like a three-drink buzz on before the wheels even leave the ground. And the rest of those scumbags are cramming their garbage and crap and nonsense all packed in Walmart bags into the overhead bin. You're sitting up there with your shoes off, watching a movie. Boy, how times have changed. Swilling a drink. Because in the pricey. 80s. Gets a little pricey. In the 80s, Kenny was one of those morons going to Vegas that was all bleep-faced because he sat at the bar waiting for the uh, flight to... Uh, but I was, sitting in the, off? I was sitting in the front of the plane. Oh, you can get away with a little more if you have first class. I Why are we... Pu- we're punching flight attendants. Before they even left. Yep. Yeah. Hey, come on. Come uh, on now. I will say that masks have made both sides more 
emboldened. A, 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 emboldened. Yes. Not, not necessarily aggressive. Because here's what I love. Uh, the last time I flew, I remember thinking, okay, so check this out. Mm-hmm. We're getting our, our boarding passes, so me and the bride have to stay six feet behind the people in front of us, yet... I'm going to be sitting three right inches next to him, next to him yeah. on yeah, the right airplane. It didn't make any yeah. sense. Well, that and then I remember uh, recently when I flew, I was flying home and our flight was delayed by maybe an hour or whatever, which it stinks, but that it happens, I right? I, this guy was undressing the poor lady behind the counter. And I, I finally said, bud, it's not her fault. Right. What, what's she it to you? Or why do you care? Is it because you're delaying all of us right yeah. now? Sit down. Yeah. Go sit Just down. Just go sit down. Don McLean uh, was telling a story this morning. She flew back home from some ghost thing uh, last weekend. And some D-bag with a Minnesota sculpture cutout thing, some big board that looked like the state of Minnesota, was trying to cram this thing into the overhead bin, and it oh, wouldn't fit. And he work. was holding up passengers, and he couldn't get it in the pouch in front of him, and he couldn't get under the scene, and he was absolutely throwing a fit. And one guy, uh, another passenger, tried to calm him. They ended up getting into a fight. And then the guy that tried to calm him actually had to be moved because this guy with this big, stupid sculpture thing wasn't going to quit. It's like Joe said. He's just a moron. You have no business being on a plane. Guess who I met Saturday night, purely by happenstance, at a restaurant? John Cougar Mellencamp. Latricia Vitaud, her husband. Oh, really? Saw that tweet. Yeah. 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 Nicest gal. Cool. Uh, really gives me hope for the fourth ward in Minneapolis. Did you say when you saw her, come on Come on now. now. We, we did. We, nice. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I got her number, the whole deal. Oh, we're we're uh, welcome to call her in the event that need ever arises. And uh, she was very cool. Very cool. That is cool. I think her husband's name is Ronald. He was with her. What'd you have for dinner? Yeah. Uh, uh, some sort of a seafood bouillabaisse. Wow. An idiot. Yeah. So uh, when you tweeted that, I think I, I'm I, an idiot for that. I, <laughs> I liked it. You were probably at a place where you could add a good chunk of meat. Yeah. I fell down a bit of a rabbit hole that night on Twitter after you tweeted that. Did she, and it had something to do with rank choice voting. Did she up and up kick his ass, or was it a rank choice thing, which I still don't totally we didn't, understand? We didn't, I didn't, I was interrupting her meal when I noticed her and wanted to introduce myself, so I didn't get into the. Uh, well, let's, the have yeah, yeah. let's have her on. Yeah. Let's have her on. Yeah. Let's take her out for dinner. I think she was a park board member, wasn't she, at some point? I believe she might have been. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, she's. It was a, a pleasure to meet her, and uh, uh, she got rid of that fraud Cunningham. That's the best part of it. <laughs> just the best part of it. Uh, what was I just going to tell you? And something to do with that. What, what can I? What uh, can I you were. Uh, there's hope Food. in politics. Hope in politics. <clears throat> flying at the airport. Uh, you had shrimp for Decorum. dinner. Decorum. Um, I I have not missed flying. Since the beginning of COVID. Still when was the last time you were on an airplane? Uh, uh, was it to fly to Dallas for your ninth defeat? Yeah. That would have been in September of 2019. Probably uh, January of 20. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And then what, COVID kicked in in March of 20? I, f- I flew in March. We thought about canceling our trip just yeah. because of the unknown. I'm glad we didn't. But. but the more I read about what's been happening on the planes, the more I, I don't want to fly. Okay, but <clears throat> keeping that in mind, you're also 
uh, these things are going viral and are gaining all this attention. I just I I started at oh. oh early oh. in the morning today. We had twelve flights. No flight attendant got punched. Right. Nobody That's, was you're unruly. Right. So you're right. You're bringing up kind of a reoccurring theme that Such has talked about with the effect of hurricanes, flooding, et cetera, et cetera. More people. We have more social media now. We're hearing about it more. Yeah. Yes. The the, the truth is probably ninety nine percent of flights don't have these incidents. Right. But when they do, they do and they make the news. Right. But well, I don't it, think fifteen years ago we were punching flight attendants like we are now. I go no, back so far years, I can 50, remember smoking on the plane. Yeah, so do I. Those were the glory days. Those were wonderful. So <laughs> wonderful. Days. Sitting in the back with the fellow heathens, just pound. I was lighting them off each other. He just, just said before, yeah, wait a always Call fly in the front, and now um, he's in the back. Well, smoking. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? So, it was in the bathroom. You were rolling a big fatty. <laughs> so did we prime. have sections back then where this is the smoking yeah. section in the yeah. airplane? Yeah, it was in the back. Oh, oh, yeah. 30. oh no, yeah. it was 24. And then 25 was smoking. Right. But it wasn't they, like, had plexiglass that doors was, to go that through. That was the second phase. Uh, before that, you could didn't matter where you were seated. Right. You'd smoke anywhere. And then they had... I'm not that old, Joe. I am. Ooh. And they had those little little teeny oh. pocket um, silver ashtrays in the, yeah. in the arm of you the... You couldn't beat a Sunday morning going to the airport and flying to a Vikings game with coffee, cigarettes, and the Sunday newspaper. Uh, just wow. have it. Let's have get it. to Chicago Reavers already. <laughs> At one point, I was standing in a buffet line with a Marlboro hanging out of my mouth, yeah. dishing up food in Vegas. <laughs> Dear Mayor, check out this new T-shirt uh, the CP bought for me. Thought you might enjoy it. It says, hold up. Wait, Wait a minute. minute. Something, Something ain't right. right. Oh, where do you get that? Made our way to the new Grunhoffers in Forest Lake a couple of weeks ago. Nice new store and same great service and a bit more convenient for us GLers in the St. Cloud area. Tried some dill pickle cheddar brats, and are they good? Having thick-cut bacon today, already sampled some. We enjoy your show daily. Keep pushing back Doug the Barber. Then I got this note. Rook, look at this. Yep. Well, look at this picture of a Wagyu steak. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, Dang. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. Perhaps the greatest gift a dad can get for Father's Day is a large gift certificate from the finest meat emporium anywhere, whether it's meatloafs, brats, Wagyu burgers, spare ribs, or Wagyu steaks. A fellow cannot go wrong. I've attached a photo of a Wagyu ribeye steak that took a significant chunk out of the present my kids gave me. I put it in our sous vide pot. Sous vide, yeah. Sous vide so pot? That's it. you wrap it in um, plastic, you seal it. And then you cook it at a low temperature over an amount of time. He said put it in the pot at 128 degrees for two hours and then finish it on a hot grill for a minute or two on each side. We let it rest for eight minutes before cutting into the most divine piece of Grunhofer's medium rare goodness ever. The hardest part is waiting for that thing to rest, which you must do. It looks fantastic. That's that's my kid. My kid must be listening to you. Why? Because he won't let, let us sit. eat. Let yeah, he sit. won't. Yeah, yeah. You're Gotta doing sit it all for wrong. five hey, minutes. Ben, yeah. you're doing it all this right. This is Grunhofer's <laughs> old-fashioned oh. meats. Uh, confession. I'm not done with the ad. I took the sticks. I took the. You took them all from here. Well, I took, I, I, did, I took them during table talk. Perfect. That's why I left them in there because you forgot to take the loot on Friday. So I thought I'll I'll leave this in here for Rook. Loot. Uh, jalapeno, what? venison, beef sticks, mm. and. Uh, 
delicious. You could smell them in here Friday. Kenny, we no, thought we'd just eat true. them because we didn't want you to, you know, we didn't think you'd like them, so we just took care of them for you. Runhoffer's Old Fashioned Meats is on Highway 61 just north of Hugo and the newest store on Highway 97 east of I-35 in Forest Lake. It's the best meat uh, around, and that's always uh, observed by GLers sending me their favorite examples. Stop burning boring candles. I know that's a theme that you've heard before, but man, is it true. It's the rookie here for SpiralLightCandles.com. Hey, Kenny. Yeah. It's the holiday season. I promise not to do that because I think for Christmas what I'm going to get you is a spiral light candle. And I'm not going to get you the cylinder index candle. I'm going to get you a fresh scent that will make you feel fantastic. Candles really are refreshing. They are therapeutic. And to watch a candle spur, uh, burn in a spiral way is so different from the burn, boring old they got one wick, they got three wicks, and they burn straight. Go to SpiralLightCandles.com, go all the way to the bottom, click on the GL icon, and find out how you can get one of those fresh garage-smelling candles that will make your man cave smell like a true man cave. SpiralLightCandles.com for your hostess gifts for Thanksgiving, Christmas gift-giving, and for my birthday on December 23rd, which I forgot is coming up pretty soon here. Go to SpiralLightCandles.com and order a rookie a candle. I'm going to get you a candle. Get me a candle. And uh, get, do the secret handshake on the Garage Logic logo on the bottom, and you'll find out how you can get your hands on the Cylinder Index candle at SpiralLightCandles.com. Stop burning boring candles. <laughs> Yes, sir. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Only. Only. Because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpuma, Langa, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. It was on this day. Today. In 1851, Montezuma was founded by Orrin Smith, a steamboat captain. What is that town now known by? Diarrhea. Cha-cha-cha. Um, no. The town is more recognizable by its present name. By its present name. Montezuma's Monte Carlo. Montezuma's Revenge. Winona. Oh. For oh. real? For real? Yeah. Did not real know real? that. Yeah. I did not know my history. In 1866, on this day. In Winona. November 15th. <laughs> The Pilgrim Baptist Church is formally organized. The African-American congregation granted mission status by the First Baptist Church of St. Paul would meet at various residences for a number of years before constructing a, constructing a church at 13th and Streeter, Cedar Streets in St. Paul. Robert Hickman would be ordained 11 years later and would become the congregation's official pastor. Meaning it took them 11 years to build this or mm -hmm. just to pick a leader? Times were tight, I think. Okay. And on this day in 1880, November 1880, 15th, okay. a fire at the St. Peter State Hospital, later renamed the St. Paul Regional Treatment Center, a mental asylum, killed between 10 and 15 inmates. Sam puzzled by that. Wouldn't you know exactly? <laughs> Right. Hey, and what'd you lose? You know, uh, I we lost know. count after Handful. 12. Handful. Uh. <laughs> the first mental institution in the state, the asylum, had, oper had opened on December 6, 1866. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, mental asylum really is a, 
That's a, a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. Twitch that's farm. A, that's what Willie Clark you, called uh, it. Twitch oh, farm. That's right. I forgot about that. But mental that. asylum, I mean, cuts right to the chase. This is, uh, you know, we're working on you here. Still there, isn't it? You know, now, so. now that you say it, anything with asylum in the name. Asylum. Political asylum. Maybe that's the softest. Soul asylum. Right. I mean, good, yeah. you know, tunes. Hey, hmm. by the way, we were we were talking about uh, MSP. And Scott just sent me this headline. I didn't see this. Apparently, a guy went nuts at the airport over the weekend. I'm unaware of that. I, I know it. somebody did the Guthrie. Uh, charges have been filed against Frank Towers, 44, alleged that during the early hours of November 12th, which I guess would be Friday, correct? Okay. November 12th, he threatened to kill TSA agents, attack police officers, strip naked, and headbutted TV screens at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. Wow, that must have been a T1. We didn't have that kind of excitement at T2. <laughs> wow. It was in the main terminal. The main one. Yeah. You're not the main. I'm, I'm working not the main one. Not the main not one. The main Got one. it. The main one and not the main one. Mm-hmm. And in Denver, I believe, there was a lady that stripped down completely buck naked a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And uh, some of the guys at T2 were wondering, how come it never happens here? Well, maybe you wouldn't have wanted it to have happened. I don't think so. You I never know some, what you're getting there. Some, some of these, of the pictures uh, there. One yeah. of these days when this conversation gets as lame and boring and stupid as it is right now, uh, I'm going to give you guys my story um, from two weeks ago uh, about my adventure down in Frontenac, um, looking sounds... around the Sandpoint area of Lake Pepin. And, um, well, George, who was our guest we had? Who's George there? Pett. George Pett. Yeah, and how I uh, stumbled upon it quite by accident, but uh, was quite delighted. Well, he's asked you to be part of his crew. Yeah, I should have gotten a hold of him, and uh, I, like I said, I stumbled upon it quite by accident. I was just looking for a place to make a U-turn, yeah. and I saw a monument up ahead, and it's like, oh, i got to stop in there. And there was a gravel road right next to it, and it's like, oh, where's this gravel road lead to? And the next thing you know, there I was. Well, if the stories stay that great, I can't wait for more from you, huh? Yeah, that was a hell of a story. <laughs> That's I tell you. Right around the corner. In fact, you don't even have to tell us about it in a few days. <laughs> that was good enough. Yeah, that, that was, was good, good enough. Are you looking for a U-turn? That's that's not bad. I'm uh, going to tell you a story right now about the best lawn crew, lawn care crew in the business, uh, that are also looking to hire for the best snow removal crew. I'm talking professionalturf.com, and uh, they're looking for you folks. You know who you are. Laid off in the winter, sitting around doing nothing, watching the TV, bouncing a beer on your belly. Uh, all of you guys, you men, you women. Get a side gig, a side hustle. You've got know-how. You've got confidence. You're a quick learner. You're good with machinery. Uh, the length of a day, nah, that's nothing. This is a great opportunity for you to turn that downtime into extra money. It's all in the south south metro area, uh, and they're very flexible, ProTurf is, with their compensation programs. They can work with laid-off staff, and they're also going to be adding to their full-time staff for next summer. Log on to ProfessionalTurf.com, click the Contact Us tab, send in your name, and uh, that's all it takes, ProfessionalTurf.com. Thank you, GLers. Thank you, GLers. And don't forget about the GL online store, the pop-up shop. That now is... through November 22nd. So, that's right. Driving yeah. down Highway 61, looking for a place to turn around. Yeah, he found a gravel road, and the rest oh, is his Gravel name. road, and it's right across uh, the river from Maiden Rock, uh, Boat so Pod there. MN is your uh, housing uh, for all of your wonderful Big podcasts. Big institution you, up on the hill. Should make wow. a podcast about your trip to Frontenac. It's a convent, Kenny. Yeah, convent. 
Oh, the gals live there, the old nuns. You know, I do have a podcast, Rook. I do have a no, podcast. No, no, I mean, just uh, just talking about your But your I don't travels. endlessly flog my podcast like somebody else I know. You mean Table Talk, the new episode that's out, <laughs> where it talks yes. about Sophia's night at the hockey rink, which yes. you may or may not remember? That's a parent's pride and joy right there. Check it all out, Pod M and subscribe on YouTube to Garage Logic today. You didn't let your kid come on the air and describe how hammered she got, did you? Yeah, you might want to tune in and find out. All right. We'll <laughs>